You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Money Pit is presented by Hertz and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We hope your holiday weekend is going fantastic. If you are busy fixing up your house, or maybe you're just shopping, or maybe you're thinking about projects you'd like to get done for the year ahead, those are all great things to call us about. So why don't you do just that? The number is one eight 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 Money Pit because Leslie and I are here to help you with decor dilemmas, maintenance chores, fix ups, repairs, trying to get organized. Whatever's going on in your money pit, slide it over to our to-do list by calling us at 888-666-3974. And this weekend, you might be jumping into holiday decor. If you are, keep in mind that first impressions last the longest. So we've got some tips to help you decorate the first thing your guests are going to see, your front door. Whether it's classic or contemporary, we're going to help you make yours stand out. Plus, we're going to talk about the interesting history behind a tool that over 50 million people own and use for everything from home decorating to adding insulation, the T50 Staple Gun made by Arrow Fastener, who's been making great tools right here in the USA for over 90 years. And before holiday guests arrive, it's a good time to make sure your stairs are safe. They are often the most dangerous part of your home, but they can be even riskier without the right types of railings. We're going to tell you how to make sure you are good to go. But first, we want to hear what you are working on this holiday season. Lots of stuff to take care of at everybody's money pit, especially this time of year. So let us give you a hand. We're here anytime, 24-7 at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Carolyn, Texas is working on a painting project. How can we lend a hand? We are painting our bathroom cabinets. Uh, They are... We were put in the bathroom in 1980-something. I'm not sure about the date. We bought this house, and the people lived in it 28 years. And we've been here almost nine years. And they're kind of a maple color, and they're not very attractive. I've used that orange glow on them, trying to make them look better. I don't know what they used on them, probably liquid gold or something, trying to bring out the sheen. But it's just almost beyond the point, and I'd like to have new cabinets, but when we do, we're probably going to have to redo the whole bathroom. So we decided we would paint them kind of an off-white color. What we want to know is what's the approach to making that paint stay on? Now, you said that the cabinets are a maple color. Are they actually wood and they're stained? Yeah, that's the stain on them. They're stained. So they're stained wood. It's not like a thermofoil that looks like wood or a laminate. It's wood. No, it's real wood. They're real wood cabinets. Now, if they've been stained and restained over the course of a couple of years and you've got, you know, a lot of coatings of a cleaner on there, your best bet would be 
and this is how I would kind of tackle it. I would remove the doors and the drawer fronts, being very careful about labeling which goes where, you know, a little piece of painter's tape on the backside and a little piece on the hinge saying like, you know, AA or 1-1, you know, just so you know exactly where things go back. And I would leave the hinges either on the door or on the box. You know, it's kind of easier to leave them on the box just for painting issues. Um, and this way, you know exactly where everything goes back. That's just kind of keeps things tidy. And then you really need to get some of that sheen off. So you could do it a couple of different ways. You could use something that's like a liquid sandpaper that you wipe on that gets rid of some of that sheen. But if it's like a super high gloss and they've been, you know, oiled or polished over the years and they're very sort of... Not you know gunked up almost with a lot of finish on them. You may want to sand them down a little bit because you need to get down to something that's a little bit not so glossy and so built up from years of cleaning and just you know the yuck that happens in the bathroom, um, just so that you've got a surface that the paint's going to stick to. And once you've done that to the doors or drawer fronts and the boxes themselves in the bathroom, you need to prime it very well with a high quality primer. I would use like Kills or Zinzer, you know, one of those that. It'll stick very, very well. Let that dry very thoroughly. And then go ahead with your top coat paint. And because it's in a bathroom and because it's a high moisture area and it's something that you're going to want to be cleaning a lot, I would go with a glossy finish and an oil base if I can get my hands on one. If not, and you know, a glossy latex will do the trick. But you know, more durable, of course, would be the oil base. Thank you. And I appreciate your help. Carol, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we're heading over to John in Iowa, who's dealing with a leaky shower. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've got a shower on my main floor where it basically leaks onto the floor in the basement. And when I removed the two-inch trap, this is a home that was built in 41, but it's been remodeled recently, probably within the last 10 years, or at least the shower has. I, I noticed there wasn't a whole lot of room between the tile and the, and the flooring, or the, the main wood behind it, as well as they sealed up the drain. It was basically just a two-inch PVC sealed with some sort of cement, and then a drain popped on top of it. And I'm curious, I mean, how can I remedy this issue? I mean, obviously it needs a proper drain, but I couldn't find anything to fit the hole that they had. All right, well, first of all, it's still leaking, and, and you're in the middle of this project. Is that correct, John? Well, I, I basically, I just bought this home, and I basically said, okay, we're not using this shower. We have, a, we have an upstairs shower that we can use during, you know, during the remediation process. Is this a tile shower? Yes. So with a 1940 tile shower, the first thing I would expect to leak is the lead pan. And the way those showers are built is there's a lead pan put in uh, against the drain, then the tile is put on top of the lead. And so over the years, those pans would crack. And the way you test a lead pan is simply by blocking the shower drain and then filling up the bottom of the shower with as much water as you can get in there, usually you know four or five inches of water, and then wait and see what happens. So if it's possible for you to test the pan, I would do that before I started, before I started assuming that the leak was at the drain because it might very well be that the drain is not leaking, the pan is leaking, and if that's the case, then you have to tear out the shower base and rebuild it. Ah, I see. <laughs> All right. It's the lead pan because, you know, a pan that's 60, 70 years old, they just don't last that long. All right. <laughs> okay. So seal it off, test it off. You know, you know what works well? One of those, um, you know, those, those, um, rubber jar openers that are yeah. about six inches in diameter. Put that across the drain, fill it up with water, and then 
watch for a leak. All right. I'll try that. Okay, John. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You know, Leslie, in the 20 years I spent as a home inspector, I used to check those pans for leaks all the time that way. And we got you get smart after the first time this happens to you is that you never let that water sit very long. Like you fill it up, you go downstairs immediately and see if it's leaking. Really? It's that fast when you've got a crack in the pan? Sometimes, yes. Because if it's going to leak, if it's a bad crack, you it may never have been discovered, or it might have been so slow, but by filling the whole pan up with water, you prove it very quickly that it's leaking. So that's why we always check very quickly to see if there's a leak. And then if not, you know, fill it up, let it sit there for a half hour and go back and check again. But uh, it's a very, very common area for a leak, and unfortunately, a very expensive one, because think about it, you got to tear out all that tile, and you got to rebuild that pan. And today, of course, we don't use lead. We usually use fiberglass. But it's a pretty big renovation, probably a couple thousand bucks worth of work. Now, we've got Linda in Pennsylvania on the line with an insulation question. Welcome, Linda. We have a two-story house built in the late 1980s. In the winter, it's colder upstairs than downstairs, and especially in the summer, it's just really hot upstairs. Um. We also, we have a whole house fan, and it's, I don't want to get rid of that. The one person that had come and talked to us about insulation said we should get rid of that. I don't know rather the fan has blown some of the insulation over that blocks the soffit vents that we're not getting enough circulations. I guess I just don't really know what to do about adding more insulation. All right, well, first of all, a 1980s house probably has a minimal amount of insulation. What you really want is 15 or 20 inches of insulation. Do you have um, decent space in the attic? Can you walk around up there? No. Okay, so how is it how is it constructed? Is it made of trusses where it's hard to get around? Yes, and it's not real high in the center. I mean, you can get around, but no, it's not very high up there. I would have a I would have blown an insulation installed because you can easily, you know, a professional can get that where it has to go. Uh, professionals are also good at making sure that the baffles are in place, which keeps it out of the soffits. And then when it comes to the whole house fam, you should have a cover for that for the winter time, just to, to to kind of seal it up a little bit, perhaps cover it with some sort of an insulation blanket, and then you can pull that off in the summertime. It it will be a source of 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 energy loss, so you have to kind of take that additional step. But I agree, it's a great thing to have. Um, but but I will say it must have good exit venting though too. Do you have big gable vents on the side walls of the house? Because when you turn that fan on, you don't want to pressurize the attic; you want to make that hair that air go out. No, we we have the ridge vent, and when they replaced the roof a couple years ago. They did put in, they said there is a slightly larger size ridge vent, and that's what they put in. All right, well, then that's probably big enough to handle the exhaust venting. So that's what I would do. I would use blown-in insulation. Now, around the fan itself, uh, what the installer will do is is put sort of a wall around that made of uh, sort of like a stiff cardboard or some type of material like that so that they can pile the insulation up higher against that opening and keep it away from the operation of the fan. Okay. It's done all the time, Linda, and it'll definitely make a big difference in how comfortable you feel in that house, okay? All right. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. You can find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online, all for free. Still ahead, are you short on decorating time this season? Well, we've got one decorating idea that packs the most punch when the Money Pit returns. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. 
Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Indo Window Energy Saving Inserts, the smartest way to make your home warmer, quieter, and more efficient without compromising your home's historic integrity. Get your free estimate at energysavinginserts.com. That's energysavinginserts.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Never worry about overpaying for a job. You can use the HomeAdvisor True Cost Guide to see what others have paid for similar projects, all for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Scott in Alaska needs some help with energy-efficient lighting. How can we help you? Yes, uh, I'm currently changing over my house to all LED uh, lighting. And uh, I also ha- I have currently uh, a few rooms with fluorescent tube lighting, and I'd like to change those over to um, LED. And I live up here in Alaska, and I just haven't um, been able to find um, the tubes with LED. Yeah, they're available. You-, you can probably find them online and have them shipped to you, but they're made in the same exact shape as the standard fluorescent bulbs. You know, they're not inexpensive, but they do have a very long life. Like those, those kinds of lights will typically last like 50,000 hours or something crazy like that. I think the bulbs themselves are probably, I would guess, 20 or $30 a piece. And the shipping's probably going to be 100 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're going to last a lot longer. And you, I mean, at this point, though, I would also price out replacement fixtures. As you might find by the time you buy all of those bulbs, it might be cheaper just to replace the fixtures. Plus, I don't know uh, how much energy is going to be wasted because those, those all those fixtures have the transformers built into them. There may be some system waste in terms of the fixture itself. Okay, I'm just looking. I, I'm very impressed with the LED brightness and, and of course, the energy savings uh, over a period of time. And I just want you know my whole house to uh, be energy efficient and uh, save me money in the long run. So, but I just can't um, seem to find them up here in Alaska yet. I do like going to Home Depot, and they did have some LED um, tube, tube fluorescent tubes, but not not in my size uh, currently. Yeah, I would order them online, have them shipped. That would be the way to get them to your door, okay? All right, well, thank you very much for your time. Well, are you short on time and wondering what to decorate? Why not go with the thing that guests see first, and that's your front door? Yeah, and because it's the first thing that the guests see, your door and really the whole entryway leaves big impressions. Now, you can easily dress that door up for the season with a classic Christmas wreath or silver bells or glass ornaments, whatever. But the door is where you start. 
Or you can hang a set of sleigh bells on the doorknob or the knocker. They'll give a good festive jingle every time guests pass through. Anything that can be hung over the knob or even over the top of the door that doesn't impact its operation works. Yeah, I remember last season, somebody gave us a beautiful evergreen wreath. So I didn't have any way to hang it, and my door didn't want to drill into it because it was fiberglass. So I got some coat hanger wire with a pair of pliers. I pretty much created my own bracket that would slide over the top of the door, allow the door to close perfectly, but then on the flip side, we were able to hang the wreath right there. So sometimes you got to get a little creative. <laughs> now, another fun, easy holiday update is to actually wrap the front door in decorative paper. And this is really a great project in a house with kids. They love to help you do it, and it really makes the house look fun. And if you just crisscross that wrap door with some wide ribbon, it does resemble a huge gift wrap package. But just don't tell the kids that the house is the gift. <laughs> Now, once the door is good to go, you can extend those holiday touches to your entranceway, too. You can do some container gardening with pots that have some seasonal greens. You can add some holiday welcome mats. You could add some vases and dishes full of pine cones and greens. Get creative. Make that first impression your guests see this holiday season a great one. Harriet in Georgia is on the line with a painting question. What are you working on? I have a brick house, and the trim is wood. My house was built in 78, and originally the trim was painted with oil-based paint, and since then it's been painted with latex paint, and I felt like the oil-based paint lasted better, longer, and I wondered uh, what y'all recommended. Well, I mean, certainly oil-based paint is more durable in terms of sort of wear and tear because it's harder, but if you have latex on it right now and you want to go back to oil or back to solvent-based paint, you're going to basically have to sand that to make sure there's no loose paint left, and then you're going to have to prime it and then put your top coat over that. Because my concern is that if it's not prepped properly, that you might get a situation where it delaminates, Harriet, and, and starts to peel off. You've got to get rid of that top layer of paint by sanding it to make sure that whatever's left is really well adhered to the surface that was originally applied to. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Well, if I did the oil-based paint and did sand it good, is that a better paint than latex, or it doesn't really matter that much? Well, it's maybe a little bit more durable, but you know, there's plenty of good quality latex paints that are out there today. The thing about paint is you don't want to kind of cheapen out on it. You want to use the best paint from a good manufacturer, because if you use, like, for example, a Benjamin Moore or a Sherwin-Williams, you're going to have good results. The only time I, I really suggest oil-based paint these days may be on a floor, if you're going to paint a floor, because it's really durable for that, or perhaps on something like kitchen cabinets where the doors are getting banged around a lot. But for trim, for the most part, you can use a latex-based paint. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Heidi in Oregon's dealing with a stinky shower. What's going on? We have a two-story house. Uh, the the one uh, shower is in the basement downstairs. It's a daylight basement, but it's built back into the side hill. And uh, what I've noticed is that after showering, um, we you know you leave the bathroom and you come back in, and there is this sour towel smell. It's not a sewer smell or a septic smell, but it smells like a towel that has been left damp somewhere and has just been left to kind of mold or do whatever. But I've changed the towels, and I come back in the bathroom, and I've located the smell with my nose and gone right down to the drain, and it's coming out of the drain in the shower. Uh, What this might be is something called biogas, and when the water drains and it takes with it the soap scum and everything else, you can get... Um, you can get germs that are going to grow in that. 
And that biological material off-gasses and can make horrible smells. So, Well, you know, that's what we thought, too, because it's in both showers, upstairs and downstairs. And we only smell it, obviously, after someone has showered and it was wet. So we've taken the grates off. We've cleaned with a bottle brush. You know, I look with a flashlight down there, and those pipes are, they're spick and span clean all the way down to the P-trap. Have you used any kind of an oxygenated bleach down those traps? No, we don't do that because we're on a septic tank, and we don't want to kill all the good bacteria in the septic. And so I've been afraid to use anything. I've tried vinegar. I've used Lysol spray. Well, not so much vinegar, yeah. Um, Well, okay, why don't you use borax? Borax, okay, and pour it down into the drain. Well, what I want you to do is I want you to get a solution of hot soapy water with borax in it, and I want you to scrub the inside of that drain, all the different parts, you know, with with a big, thick bottle brush. Get as much of that trap cleaned as you can and see if that reduces it. And and by the way, do you have ventilation in those bathrooms? Yeah, there's windows, Uh uh-huh. Do you have fans that you could leave on after yes. bath fans? Yes, and we always turn the fan on when we shower. And keep it on when you're done? Well, no, we usually shut it off when we're done. So, yeah, that's another thing I would change, that behavior I would change. What I would do is I would um, replace the bath fan switch with one that's on a timer or a humidistat so that after you are done showering and leave the bathroom, it stays on for another 15 or 20 minutes. But we'll go ahead and try that then and uh, see what happens. All right, Heidi, thank you so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Good luck with that project. You can reach us anytime at 888 Pit, presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find the best home service pros in your area. And you can read reviews and book appointments all online. And just ahead, we're going to talk about the interesting history behind a tool that over 50 million people own and use for everything from home decorating to adding insulation. That's all coming up after this. 888 Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit.
Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, back in the early 1900s, people had jobs that were a lot different than what we have today. And in 1929, the career chosen by one Morris Abrams was that of a staples salesman. That's right. All Morris Abrams sold were staples. Not staplers, just the staples. But from that humble beginning was launched one of the most successful tool manufacturing companies in our nation's history, Arrow Fastener, who now celebrates their 90th anniversary. Well, with us to talk about some of their most successful products is Bill Sokol, the VP of Marketing for Arrow Fastener. Welcome, Bill. Hi, Tom and Leslie. It's great to be back. Bill, it's good to have you. And it's really such an impressive way that Arrow Fastener got started. Such a truly humble beginning. Uh, And from that, you really have set the world on fire in terms of the innovative products you guys have made. And I want to first start by talking about what I consider sort of the standard in any home toolkit, and that is the Arrow T50 stapler, especially right now, because it's a tool that comes in darn handy when you're putting up all those holiday decorations. Yeah, it sure does. You know, that tool's been around for more than five decades, and it's still the best-selling staple gun in the world. Uh, to date, we've sold over 50 million units of that tool, and you can find them everywhere, from garages to workshops to trucks all across the country and uh, in a lot of other countries as well. We sell it actually in over 20 countries around the world. So it is a truly iconic product that's been around for a long time. And one of the things that's really cool about it for us is we get people all the time showing us their grandfather's tool that oh, you know, yeah. they've had since the 1950s and 60s, mm-hmm. and they last forever. So they really become a um, an item that gets passed down from generation to generation. You know, and they get passed down because they still truly function. But what I think is so amazing is that you have such a fantastic tool in the T50, yet you continue to innovate and make something already awesome better. Yeah, that's true. You know, we're celebrating our 90th anniversary, so it's not just about what we've done, but we're always pushing the business forward. Currently, we measure something called our Vitality Index, and it's how fresh is our product range. And we currently get about 30% of our sales from products that have been introduced in the last three years. Wow. So although we have these standard products like the T50 that have been around forever and sell great, we've got a lot of new stuff we're constantly bringing to the market as well. One of your uh, sort of successes and challenges is that the T50 doesn't wear out. (laughs) So it's not like you have to replace it every five years. (laughs) I know. A little product obsolescence would be a good thing there, probably. <laughs> but uh, you're right; it never does wear out, unless you lose it or somebody, you know, borrows it and doesn't return it and um, doesn't give it back. I saw an interesting stat about not that so much the T50, but the staples that you guys make for the T50 in all of your tools. Do I have this right? You guys make something like 35 billion staples every year. Yeah, that's true. Um, what? Every wow. year we we. They come in these wire rolls, and every uh-huh. year we process over 600 million meters of that oh, wire. Man. That's enough if you stretch it out in a straight line to go from here to the moon and halfway back oh, every boy. year. Yeah, it's a lot of wire, a lot of stables. And you're doing this uh, from your facilities in the United States, too. This is not an overseas product. No, you're right. We make it right here in Saddlebrook, New Jersey, and in the shadow of the Empire State Building. We're not far from uh, from Manhattan, actually. Uh, it's an odd place to have a factory. Uh, it was put here years ago, 
but it um, it works for us, and we've we've been here for um, in this location since 1966. The company was actually in Brooklyn before this when it started in 1929. We're talking to Bill Sokol. He's the vice president of marketing for Arrow Fastener, a company celebrating their 90th anniversary. So, Bill, you mentioned some new products. I want to give you a chance to talk about that including one that I know Leslie is going to be all over. You've got a new cordless glue gun coming out. Yes, we do. Uh, you know, two of the big trends that we have in our product development these days. I'm listening, Bill. Let's go. Are, <laughs> well, the first big trend is power. Everybody wants power. You know, so battery-operated tools are becoming extremely popular across the whole spectrum of of the tool industry. Uh, We have a new battery-operated glue gun, the GT30LI. The LI stands for lithium-ion, and it runs on a 3.6-volt lithium-ion battery. It heats up super fast. There's no cord. Leslie, you probably know when you're doing craft projects or repairs, that cord can get in the way. It can limit where you can go with the tool. Um, So the, the lithium ion battery takes the whole thing off the cord and makes it 100% portable. I mean, that's really fantastic. I have to tell you, Bill, we have this sort of decorative piece on top of the banister at home, and the kids have sort of rocked it back and forth so many times (laughs) that the double-end screw that I use to hold it in place has just, the hole is too big, I can't back the thing out. And I had to seriously heat the glue gun, unplug it, run to the stairs, (laughs) glue that thing in place, and then run back all before it cooled. So a cordless glue gun is like a crafter's dream. I've got a puppy at home who's making a mess of some wicker chairs. And uh, so I'm constantly, you know, pulling it out to reattach the pieces of wicker that he's pulled off the chair legs. Well, that's the nice thing about your tools. They're the kind of tools that are really great to have around because you never fully know when one of those repairs is going to come up. But when it does, you're sure glad that you have that tool and it's just right right there in your toolbox or in your kitchen drawer, wherever you like to keep this stuff. And you can whip it out, get the job done and move on. Yeah, you know, part of our brand promise for a number of years now has been that, you know, we we help people complete projects quickly, cleanly, and with pride. And so for us, it's all about getting it done, getting it done right, and getting it done quick and easy. Well, it must be the right formula because you guys have been doing it for 90 years. Congratulations on nine decades of making great tools. What a success story. Bill Sokol, Vice President of Marketing for Arrow Fastener. Thanks so much, Bill, for once again stopping by The Money Pit. Thanks, guys. Bill, it's always so great to have you here at the Money Pit. Up next, we've got tips on how to take the danger out of one of the most dangerous areas in your home, your stairs, in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Next. Live in the Money Pit. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com.
and homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. Find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of HomeAdvisor's top-rated pros for free. Call us right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Claire in Maine, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Yes, I have a little problem with my water softener. I uh, I seem to have nice soft water with it. Uh, the soap lather's good and everything. But when I wash my vehicles, and then one of those is black, after it dries, wherever there was any of the uh, droplets of water, when that dries off, I get all these little white deposits all over the vehicle. And I was wondering why, if it's soft water, why I'm getting those. Yeah, because it doesn't sound very soft. It sounds more like hard water. you got a lot of minerals in that. Now, the water that you're using to wash the vehicles, this is coming from the water softener? Yes, all my water, my hot and my cold, go through the softener. Including the hose bibs that you're hooking up to to wash the car? Yes. Well, I mean, obviously the water softener is not working correctly. You've got a lot of minerals in there, and that's what's showing up on your beautiful black car. Well, I know I had the uh, hardness checked about three years ago, and they they gave me a number of 23, and they set it at that, and that's where I've been going with ever since. Well, maybe it's time to have it serviced again and, and have it checked again, because things can change. Uh-huh. And that's that's got to be what's causing it, though. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, building new stairs and railings or just updating the ones you have can be a really important home improvement task, especially as we get ready for the holiday season when there are so many visitors arriving. We have tips on how to do just that in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Now, stairs and railings are not only a decorative part of your home, they serve an important job keeping both occupants and visitors safe. For existing homes, stairs take a lot of wear and tear, and the treads can loosen, the railings can get wobbly, and spindles can even fall out. Yeah, and after all those years of use, many wood stair rails begin to come loose. The railing can feel wobbly or just seem slightly loose when force is placed on it. And you also might find that you have one squeaky wooden stair that announces to the world that you are arriving or walking up and down. So these are not things, though, that you have to live with. They're relatively simple to fix. Yeah, first of all, you want to do a safety check. Now, stairs with at least three steps should have a handrail mounted securely to the wall. For open staircases, spindles should be installed no wider than six inches on center, and that's to prevent small children from squeezing in between those railings. And you also want to look carefully where steps are uneven, particularly in older homes. Now, you might have developed a second nature instinct in navigating them, but your guests, they have had less practice and it can trip them up pretty quickly. Now, let's talk about some common repairs. The first one would be a repair to weak or broken railings. When those wood stair railings are first installed, they're pretty sturdy, although they may have a little bit of give to them. But after years of use, those railings can become less sturdy through basic wear and tear and strain on the wood. So a professional carpenter can evaluate why your railings are weak and make sure to do the right kind of repairs. Now, those to those annoying squeaking steps. You know, if you think about it, steps take many, many parts to build at every joint, every seam is a place where you can get some movement and a squeak can develop. So while these squeaks rarely mean the steps are unsafe, they can create quite a racket. A pro can identify exactly where that noise is coming from and make the fix to restore that peace and quiet. 
And now let's talk about broken treads, because these can be really unsafe, because every step in a staircase really has two parts, the tread and the board, which is the board you walk on, and then the riser, and that's the vertical board that links each pair of treads together. And the structural integrity of the whole staircase is really dependent upon every step at every riser being properly secured. So if one's broken, it can kind of start to come apart like a house of cards, and it can make the entire staircase unsafe. And that's why it's a really important repair for a pro to get to as quickly as possible. Now, the cost of a stair and railing installation and repair will always be based on the complexity of the stair's layout. Now, a simple straight staircase would be less expensive to update than, say, a spiral stair. But for the safety of you, your family, and your guests, it's an important part of your home to pay attention to. And that's today's Pro Project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Sherry in Texas is on the line with a siding question. How can we help you today? We had this little cottage moved in that uh, has siding on it, but we want it to look like the other outbuildings uh, and put redwood siding on it. To put siding over siding, do you use a special nail? Is it possible to do that, or do you use screws? Well, first of all, the siding that you have right now, is it flat or is it clapboard? What does it look like? It's flat siding. So like a plywood kind of a of a, of a surface? Uh, yes, yes. It's an ugly siding, and we want to go with a redwood siding. All right, so here's what I would do, and, and this is for a shed? Uh, yes, uh-huh. So what I would do is I would take building paper, tar paper or even Tyvek, but it's really not necessary, but just tar paper. I would put that up first, and then I would attach the siding on top of that, driving the nails into the original siding. You do not need to remove the original siding. That said, remember, if you've got doors or windows, you may have to build out the edge a little bit around to make up the difference because the siding is going to be thicker than the old stuff. Okay. All right. Put our paper under it. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Sherry. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You can reach us with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888 Money Pit. Still to come, cork floors are trending and are eco-friendly too, but are they good for every room? We're going to highlight the pros and cons of this very eco-friendly material when the Money Pit continues after this. Live in a Money Pit! Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You can call us with your home improvement question or post it to the Money Pit's website at MoneyPit.com, which is what Annie did. That's right. Now, Annie writes, I'm wondering what your advice would be regarding putting a cork floor in a bathroom. Good choice or should I pass? I mean, I think it's a great choice. Cork's very eco-friendly flooring because cork grows very quickly. It's getting really popular. It's attractive. It's soft underfoot, which makes it nice when you step onto it with those bare feet. And it looks good. You know, it's uh, completely waterproof. 
And I've seen cork in homes that are 40 or 50 years old that are still in relatively good shape. What do you think about the decor of it? I mean, I really like the look of cork. And, you know, cork has a very distinct look to it, but it comes in a lot of different color tones. And it comes in a bunch of different styles as well. So what you think might not be cork could actually be cork. And it's super comfy. I always think it's a great choice, and I do enjoy having it. And it's nice to specify for a project. All right, next up, we've got a post here from Rob. Now, Rob writes, My garage is heated by a furnace when snow melts off of the vehicles. The water pools in the front corner of the garage and doesn't dry. Over time, this water is soaked into the block that makes up the exterior wall. There is a drain in the garage floor, but the water seems to go everywhere except towards it. How do I fix it so the water runs toward the drain? Well, re-sloping the garage floor, Rob, would be difficult because you'd need to re-pour it. This isn't something you can really repair. I would suggest painting the floor and the bottom most block walls with an epoxy garage paint. That's going to greatly reduce the absorption of water. It's going to inhibit frost damage that can result from the situation you're describing. You could also consider adding flooring in the form of garage tiles. They'll give you at least half an inch of space above the floor, and they'll be less expensive than re-pouring. Just look for tiles that are self-draining, so the water essentially would run down and sit under tiles. But with a concrete floor... It's not easy to re-slope it. Even putting a second layer on there could be risky, and it just might not work very well. And you know what, Rob? Let's look at the bright side here. You are going to have a chance to empty the entire garage, which will then give you a chance to organize all the things. I know it's not ideal, but it's kind of, you know, forced tidying up. (laughs) Good luck. Well, it's time to deck those halls with holiday decorations. If you are getting ready to decorate, no doubt you're about to get up on some type of ladder, maybe for the first time since last year, which is why Leslie has some great safety tips to help you not get hurt in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, you really better check that ladder before you even take one step onto it. Worn or improperly used ladders can cause hundreds of thousands of serious injuries every year. So to stay safe, you want to make sure that your ladder has slip-resistant rungs and feet. You want to inspect it for cracked uprights, split rungs, or loose rivets. And when using an extension ladder, you've got to make sure that the bottom is pulled away from the wall by at least one quarter of the height that you need to work at. Finally, never stand on that top rung of any type of ladder. I know so many people ignore this, but it's there for a reason that sticker that says not a step do not go above you can so easily go off of balance if you go above that step that's specified so take good care use some ladder safety steps guys and just be careful out there otherwise the next decorating project family might be doing is to decorate your cast <laughs> oh well, you can you paint it, it with bright colors you can draw yeah. pictures on it <laughs> don't do it. this is the money pit home improvement show speaking of christmas the perfect christmas tree may still be out there waiting for you but would you know it when you see it we're gonna have tips for picking the ideal tree for your family and the space you have to enjoy it in on the very next edition of the money pit i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti remember you can do it yourself but you don't have to do it alone